Welcome to the Same Shit, Different Mom podcast. I'm your host, Carly Ely, mom to two tiny humans, certified pediatric sleep consultant, and psychologist. This is the podcast for moms who want to parent in a way that feels intentional and authentic to their way of being. Each week, we'll dive deep into topics aimed to empower and inspire you to show up for your kids in a way that's aligned to you, even when it feels hard. Whatever season of motherhood you're in right now, consider this your permission slip to let go of the status quo and follow your intuition to your authentic parenting path. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today. Um, I have Sophia with me. She's in Atlanta, Georgia, and she has a five-year-old. And before we hit record, we were discussing a little bit about where she is now in her career and kind of her background And we're going to talk a little bit about how that relates to parenting and how that's played out for her in her life as well. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I'm so excited, Carly. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of back up a little bit because no one else got to hear what you were talking about before we hit record. So you're an immigrant and you've kind of bounced around and now you're here in the United States. We moved here almost three years ago when she was about to turn three and we we moved here because we had the opportunity my sister lives in atlanta she's been here for more than 10 years and looking at the political situation in mexico and and the political in in mexico you know it bleeds down to the rest of society so security wise i mean things haven't been great historically, but they're getting a lot worse. So my husband and I made the decision since I am, I have a, I have a green card and so does my daughter and coming soon, my husband's, we, we decided to make the move here because it was going to be a much better quality of life, not just for our family, but especially for my daughter. Okay. So yeah. And how was that transition for her? Because if you moved when she was like three and now she's five, so had had was how did that go? Like, how did you set that up? Was it an easy transition or was there anything that was challenging about it? Honestly, because of her age, I think this change has been the easiest for her. Okay. Because at that age, the only thing you really need is your parents right? She's always spoken English to the point where she, even when we were living in Mexico and being surrounded by family and staff and everything that spoke to her in Spanish, she only likes to speak English. Okay. It's a disaster. (laughs) But so the change for her, I think has, it's been the most gentle. I am, as you can hear me, fully bilingual. Mm -hmm and bicultural, but it's still been, it's been rough for me. And my husband, his English is getting better, but he is not bilingual. And the transition for him has been the hardest. Yeah, that was kind of what my next question was, was sort of, you know, for her, that's great. You know, when she's young, like she's malleable, like it's not as as big of a deal as if she were like 12 and had a bunch of friends and stuff that Mm -hmm. she was leaving. Do you think if it wasn't for her, would you have made the decision still to move back to America? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I was a teacher for 12 years okay. and it is truly my heart and my soul. I yeah. love teaching. And that's why 
my podcast is is going to revolve a little bit around that academic subject, but it's no way to make a living in in Mexico. I was making the equivalent to seven hundred dollars a month. Wow! So it's not a living wage, right? And I mean, even here, I, mean, I was going to say, rough. arguably here, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but and, it's it's some it's it's better. Oh yeah, but. When, once I, I moved here and with the support of my sister and my brother-in-law, you know, I started looking into all these opportunities and just to teach, I had to get certified and everything because I didn't, I didn't study to be a teacher. I studied okay. humanities and I studied international relations and I sort of fell into teaching, but to be certified, it was going to be like $8,000 in over a year. So it didn't make Mm-mm. sense. We needed to start earning, yeah. right? And able, I mean, for us to be able to live. Yeah. So I got, I got a, a job in, in corporate, right? Which has been great, you know, and I love my job and mm-hmm. I love all the people that I work with, but not your there passion. has been a- right. No, I mean, right. I was I was teaching. I started off in in a in a preschool. Okay. Then when I was done with my masters, I started teaching in university. Okay. And and then I got pulled into middle school, which is where I excelled and where I was offered a full-time position. Okay. Awesome. But then you then here there's this like kind of barrier. Oh to- yeah, my certification here doesn't mean anything. And it's wild because you're, you have a master's degree, you've taught in mm-hmm. higher education, you've taught all levels pretty much, except for maybe like, you know, K through five or something. Right. And yet it's like this massive barrier. And now you're forced to kind of take a step backwards, not backwards, but kind of build up momentum and and the ability to actually get where you want to be now that you're here. So it's, yeah, that's amazing though, that you're it's like truly your calling. It sounds like where oh you're, for sure you're so determined, and I love that. That's that's so incredible. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I I I need to be in front. What I used to tell my students when they asked me, "But why are you a teacher?" I was like, "Because I need an audience and I need to talk." It's important mm-hmm. that you, if you have something to give, that you have the opportunity and the platform to be able to do that. And exactly. Tell me about middle school specifically and why that's like your area to be honest it's where I could be toughest with the kids and where I felt I made the most difference with toddlers you know it's great but my patience threshold wasn't there for my daughter yes I was gonna say for other kids right oh yeah yeah. (laughs) I mean for my own child and for my nieces and my nephews I will do whatever but when it comes to groups of 10, three-year-olds, no. But then I started teaching in university and that was awesome because it was having conversations with grown-ups. But when I was asked to sub in middle school for a friend of mine who was teaching world history and English at a private school, um, I was like, I, Sasha, I am not sure I, I, I can do this. I'm going to kill everyone. But I started teaching. And at that age, which was awful for me, mm. and what I think is like 90% of the human, 
I started noticing that I was able to give my kids some sort of contention and to challenge them and especially to not be afraid of them mm. because that is that is something that I learned by teaching is that some teachers are intimidated by their kid and especially the school that I was teaching at it was kids with very well to do parents and mm. politically very very heavy and I wasn't that doesn't intimidate me because of my background. Mm -hmm. So I honestly think, and if any of my students ever hear this podcast, I think they can tell you that I was able to be there for them because I saw myself in them and mm -hmm. I was rough and I, and I put up with no crap, but in a way, I'm not saying that I'm the perfect teacher, not at all, but I was not. I didn't make myself smaller in this, and I'm a gentle parent, you know, and I think that kids need to be afforded the opportunity to be themselves and to express themselves in a way that is safe, mm -hmm. right? But when you're 13, 14, I was a monster. Mm, same. But the way my parents and my teachers and I love my parents and I know they did the best they could with what they had, but I know that my education could have been, I would have made other decisions in my life if I would have been given a little bit of patience and leeway and not just everything is black, everything is white. You know, I needed space to move in the gray area. Mm. Talk to me about that a little bit about your upbringing and sort of their parenting style and how they how that was your experience. I mean, that. I was the eldest. I am the eldest of four kids. Okay. My parents were very young when they had me. Um, a very affluent family, so there's there was always nannies and and maids and drivers. So when it came down to like brass tacks. There's a saying in, in Spanish, or at least in Mexico, where when you when somebody's taking care of your kids, they even have their their behind, right? So even mm. spanking. Mm -hmm. So I was spanked. I mean, on one day, every other day until I was twelve. Oh. Right by your mom, by nannies by nannies. nannies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that was the um, main. Would you say that's like kind of that? That was the main like form of discipline in your for home. me okay right because my my brother and sisters didn't get spanked because they probably saw you and that was kind exactly. of like made example they, yeah, of. They, mm -hmm. so and for me it was normal I mean it yeah. was normal up until I was like 20 that I talked about it I'd be like I I mean if my kid is being a monster I will spank them and right. that's going to be the end of it mm -hmm. but as I grew older, got into teaching, I was like, mm, maybe, maybe that's not the way to do it, you know, or yeah. teaching a child to be silent from the time they are born because the adults are speaking, right. you know, it's very interesting hearing your kind of just your story combined with like where you are with teaching and how that has weaved into your life. Because from what it sounds like when middle school is your area, because the kids are old enough to be able to like interact with, but like your style 
is that of like you said, I'm not afraid of them. So I am able to connect with them and get more out of them probably that way. People think a lot of times that parenting or if even not parenting, but even teaching styles, right? It's like one or the other. It's this black and black or white, right? Like it's like they they misinterpret conscious or gentle or mindful, whatever you want to call it, parenting or teaching as like permissive. It's like, I just am not going to... Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. And then you come from this background where that was the main form of discipline for you, right? Of like mm-hmm. this kind of very hands-on, like like spanking and things like that. So that I feel like it's just, you're an interesting person because it's like informed your personality to the point where like just enough where you're like, I'm not taking any shit, <laughs> but also I I recognize that like, that's not probably the best way to go about any of this is like just doing yeah. that. And, and there's a better way. I mean, I mean, that's what I try even with my daughter. Yeah. Because my husband, he's nine years older than I am. Right. And he says he is Gothic. He's like, I, if I would have been born in the 12th century, I would have been perfectly comfortable with how I see the world. So when, when my daughter has a tantrum, right, he, he yells at her right? He's like, be quiet. I've had it Mm -hmm. or go to your room. And I, on the other hand, you know, I will sit with her. Mm -hmm. And even though every fiber of my being wants to spank her or tell her to shut up, Mm -hmm. like, but why, if she's having this big emotion, if I tell her to shut up enough times, one day she's going to shut up and she's going to swallow that. And it's going to be bad for her mental, her physical. I mean, this, it's a halter monitor because my heart rate's been too low because I'm stressed out of my mind, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that it's because I interiorize everything Yeah. because I grew up, despite many years of therapy, I'm still thinking, keep the peace and shut your mouth. And I don't and, want and that for my daughter. I know. And that's kind of what we're kind of waking up to a lot of us and- mm-hmm. It even to get to that point though is a barrier because it's a lot of it is very subconscious. You don't necessarily think of it as like, you know, in, in your case, like there was some physicality involved of like the spanking and stuff. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us don't think of like, oh, I was yelled at and told, being told enough times to shut up or to basically in a nicer way, like be quiet or stop having a tantrum, whatever it is. We don't think mm-hmm. of that as like this big trauma. It's like a, so we don't even consider that that could be the pro- part of what's going on internally. But your husband, you said, is like kind of not on that wavelength yet. I mean, um, he's he's very old school and I see him trying. Okay. Yeah. Right. They try. Yeah. So I really try not to reproach and to directly address things with my daughter because I do want him to... I mean, and this is that his bequest also, that he needs to have his own relationship with her where I'm not interfering. Yeah. So, but whenever she tells me, you know, daddy yelled at me or daddy's mad at me, I'll sit down and I'll explain to her, right? Why daddy reacted that way. Mm -hmm. Because I know that I'm going to make, I'm still going to make mistakes, and that my husband is still going to make mistakes. But if my daughter understands that 
the foundation of everything that we do is love and that it's not conditional, that is going to make a huge difference. And that you're human too, right? Exactly. It's like not about being perfect. It's about them understanding that nobody is perfect, including mommy and daddy or people too. Mm -hmm. And that like, it's almost in a way, I I think I've kind of changed my perspective a little bit too, because it would it would stress me out because my husband, it's similar, right? I think that's a lot of us, but I would want to kind of control it or, or feel like it's, I'm doing this work and then it's kind of getting undone, you know, even mm-hmm. by myself sometimes as well, not just my husband either. But I think it's important because it's, it's showing them in a way that in life, like nobody's going to be able to interact with you perfectly all the time. And just because they can't do that all the time doesn't mean anything about you or their love for you. It just means that they're yeah. also a human being. And I, I mean, and at this point, I think that we are doing the best that we can with what we have. And I pray to God that our kids are a little less, their views are a little less skewed than ours. Mm-hmm. That of of whatever, themselves, right? Exactly. Of themselves and the world around them. Yeah. You know? Because there was this something that my aunts used to say when they were hard on on their kids. Because mm. I never heard my mom say it. But it's like when people would say, you know, take it easy on such and such. Well, I'm here to make sure that they're strong enough for the world outside. And the way that I see it is I want my child to see me as safe harbor because I know how awful the world can be. You know, they don't need to learn resilience in what's supposed to be their safe place. Yeah. That's so, it's so important to recognize. And even with teaching as well, like mm-hmm. it's it's hard because it's, it's not intuitive to us as we were raised. It's just not. Exactly. And when we go to do it, we can kind of almost get a little bit defensive or maybe we wish we had that kind of parenting or that kind of mm-hmm. teaching, right? So then we kind of get, people can get, I think sometimes a little bit like, well, what, what are you going to do? Just let let them do whatever they want. Like we have to be, we're the ones in charge of keeping them in line. And it's like, okay, but also research literally tells us that how well they are in mentally in the world and how they can function depends on at least one adult in their life, like feeling safe with that person and feeling connected. Yeah. So it's like for some kids, that's not going to be at at home because we haven't caught up yet, maybe. And so Mm -hmm. like your teaching style is like a testament to that because you're not like this like airy, fairy, like, you know, sugar coating type of person, but that doesn't, you don't have to be in order for it to work. And and, and and I'm not like trunchful for Matilda, but there, there is something to be said for hardline teachers who don't shy away also from difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many of my students would come show me like the pictures that they took when they had a bottle of tequila each at 15 falling on their faces and trying not mm-hmm. to judge because I also have a lot of knowledge around addiction, right? So I would try to like have a class wide conversation and say, guys, I know you're at that age when you're starting to learn about alcohol and starting to go out and all of this. 
but you need to know if nobody in your home is telling you this, that if you guys start drinking and abusing alcohol right now, statistics, like science, not religion, not me on my high horse, science says that you are at a higher risk of becoming an alcoholic and ruining your lives forever. Why? Because that is the nature of addiction. So you guys do whatever you have to do, but be careful. Do not let anybody take pictures or video of you when you're in that state, because guess what? In 10 years, when you're applying to Harvard and you really, really want to get in and somebody has a bone to pick with you, this will surface. Yeah. You know? And that's you doing way more of a service to them than what others might do of just going, that's not okay. And just reporting exactly. them and discipline and parents, and then they're punished. And that's not, that's not necessarily really changing that no. in all. In I remember fact. when, when I got grounded and I got yelled at and for all of my, my trespasses, right. I would very few times was I afforded an explanation and I only felt the punishment, you know? Yeah. And at least at this at this stage in my life with my daughter what i do is if i take her or she has to be in a room for five minutes or whatever i explain it to her so it's not just me throwing a tantrum and shutting her in her room it's saying kiddo i asked you three times to do this right and i told you if you don't do it you're going your, in your room for five minutes or you're not going to have your iPad, there is a connection that certain actions have consequences or mm -hmm. all actions have consequences. Some are good and some are bad. The explaining part is is like the important thing too because like we, they're human beings. You're, you're talking to a human being, mm -hmm. right? If they're three, if they're five, if they're 11, if they're 15, like you have, it doesn't work to just, I mean, it, it works to make them maybe stop the behavior temporarily or do what you want temporarily or scare them enough to not talking back or yeah. whatever it is. But like that comes out later. It's not, it's not, it's extinguished. It's just shoved down. And, and sometimes they don't know even what they did at a young age where, you know, if you don't explain why is this consequence happening or like mm -hmm. you like you said, talk them through. Like I have asked you this many times. If we do this, this happens. And the lack of explanation, I think, is a big part of the the puzzle. It's like you have to look at it as they don't understand unless you explain it to them. That's what discipline is. It's teaching yeah. and also giving them certain boundaries where there is a certainty. Because something that I've noticed as a teacher. And as a person who grew up at some point, the, or the worst thing that you can do to me is leave me feeling uncertain. It gives me so much anxiety and I start acting out and I start having physical symptoms and it, it's awful. But when you create a boundary, boundaries give you certainty and they give you safety, safety. Exactly. So even though my husband thinks that I'm being permissive, like, okay, I'm permissive means to give someone permission. I'm giving her permission to be herself and express herself. If that's what it means, awesome. But the way I set boundaries may be 
doesn't make sense to him. But my boundaries are just as 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 rigid as his, but they're they have a little bit of padding. I love your whole story and I'm honored to be able to get to talk to you about the No, thank you. Uh, and I think that what that what you're teaching us all is so important because gentle parenting isn't it's it's important in the sense that people think that it's just laying there to be walked all over by your kids. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Thank you so much for for chatting with me today. Where can our listeners find you? When will your podcast launch? I am I'm shooting for the January 17th. Yes. You can find me right now on Instagram at I used to drink and I know things. That's going to be the name of my podcast. Because as you can as you can tell from from the title, I I used to have a a heavy drinking problem, no longer. But it's that I I want to teach people the way I used to teach my students that knowing about what's going on in the world doesn't have to be a tiresome task. You don't have to sit there and study. But everything that is happening is happening for a reason and understanding where we're coming from, it opens it up it opens up your mind and your insight into what is happening now. So I can't I, wait I'll, I'll, to I'll keep you guys updated. Yeah. But but talking to you, Carly, it really it, it's been a great experience. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. I can't wait to see all the things that you do. And I'll definitely be a a listener of your show once it's out in January. Thank you so, so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Same Shit, Different Mom podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review. Your positive feedback helps us reach even more like-minded parents and is much appreciated. Until next time, friends.